0: Welcome to Tony Steak
1: Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode two hundred and ninety one. I'm Sean, and joined with me in studio we have Offroad Andy.
1: Yeah, this is a brilliant studio. Very yeah. proud of it.
0: And Tony Katz.
1: Yes, it is a very nice studio, actually.
0: Yeah, I'll Good. just say, I, I so I repositioned myself, and now I can't see my monitor too well, so I can't see how much time we have. And uh, I just can't see my monitors very well. So I'm glad I remembered what number pod we're doing.
1: It's okay. We can see ours.
0: Very good. Well, this is our sports podcast and uh, got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, Make sure you hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. But uh, should we kick things off with the NBA?
2: Sure. We got uh, real preseason games going now.
0: Oh, yeah. LeBron had four points, all free throws, missed like, nine shots or something so pretty good start
1: yeah i think the the big takeaway so far though from the preseason was uh in these preseason games they play they play some international teams uh i think the clippers it was on friday played a team from was it israel yes and i'm sure they beat them handily right without their Um, starters
2: yeah i mean luke Kennard had like 20 points in like 10 minutes he just kept shooting on him.
1: but like he's crazy. yeah. So they they handled them like they should have without their starters. No Quiet Leonard, no Paul George, none of that. Well, the Phoenix Suns welcomed at home in Phoenix at a what is it? What do we call the arena? Long Stick Arena, or talk, something. Talking Stick, yeah. Talking Stick Arena. They welcomed the Adelaide 36ers, an Australian team. I think it's Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide 36ers, an Australian team. The Phoenix Suns played their starters. Uh Chris Paul, Devin Booker, each played 22 minutes. They had their guys coming off the bench like Cameron Payne, Torrey Craig. Uh, I think DeAndre Ayton played in the game. Uh, Bridges played. Uh, the Phoenix Suns were 32, I mean I'm sorry, 29 and a half point favorites. And
2: what kind of degenerate is gambling on
1: <laughs> well okay. whoever whatever degenerate yeah. was gambling on that game should have just taken the value because I was I listen to something that said that when it opened the Adelaide 36ers on the money line. So just pick them straight up to win was 30 to one odds. And I, and that's why you sometimes have fun to take those teams because the Adelaide 36ers. And from what I saw, they were winning the whole game and it was Phoenix just got out to a slow start. Adelaide took the lead and literally never looked back and ended up winning that game by double digits. I think one by like 10 or 12, huge upset and i mean i know it's only preseason but you cannot it's just a bad look to lose to that team i think i mean it's just it's just an awful look
0: and uh, i think they're gonna actually get to take the place of the Suns in the nba (laughs) yeah
1: yeah they're gonna demote whoever the worst team is. are they like a a farm
0: team for the
1: 76ers or is that just no no they're an australian pro team why 36 I i that i don't know but they did have uh they did have um, a couple Americans on their team, so a lot of Americans go and they play in Australia, Greece, Italy, Spain—all those big countries for you basketball.
0: Get paid in fosters.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they get paid, but they. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they beat them. That was a pretty big, or very big upset. Actually, not even pretty big, but you know, that's that's got to light a fire under Phoenix right away. Because I mean, it, there's no excuse for that. It Doesn't matter what team they put out there they should have beat that team by 20 plus. And the fact that they had their starters out there and stuff, even if, and I mean, I I sent that to my buddy and he's like, Oh, well, Chris Paul and Devin Booker only played 22 minutes. That should have been enough.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right. They
1: played the, if they played, you know, 18 minutes in the first half and four minutes, half the third quarter, that should have been enough for them to be up by 15, 20 points and have their regular bench guys hold that game. So Interesting, interesting start, but uh, that's at least some exciting news to the preseason. I mean, other than that, it's just been your typical stuff. I'm sure Andy was happy to see that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were on the court for the first time in a while last night. Playing in Seattle. Playing in Seattle, yeah. Very mutual uh, mutual spot between them and Portland. Maybe that's a preview. Maybe we're going to get a Seattle team. Maybe the Clippers and Blazers just come together as one. Damian Lillard, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and they become the Supersonics.
0: You know, did you see Paul George was having fun? He was eating popcorn on the uh, sidelines.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's preseason. That's how it should be.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, any more NBA? We're ready to move on to baseball. I think we got
1: to go to baseball. I don't think we, uh, we don't need it. There's a lot of good meat and potatoes to get to in sports this past week. So oh, yeah. that's it for NBA. So uh, home, run, home run watch continues.
2: Uh, 703 for Pujols, so that's uh, pretty big. And uh, as Tony mentioned before, uh, he also
1: passed Babe Ruth on the RBI
2: list. So I think he is second behind Hank Aaron. Right? Is that correct?
1: Yes, he uh, has passed Babe Ruth, and it was a uh, kind of a big deal because it was like nobody really thought Pujols was going to be able to get to 700. And on top of him getting to 700, he has continued to hit home runs. As Andy mentioned, he's now at 703, and with that, he has passed Babe Ruth for second all time. And I was kind of I was listening to something earlier today actually. And I agreed with it as I was listening where he said, it's kind of crazy when you start to hear these players are passing Babe Ruth because it's almost like when you think of Babe Ruth, you think of that he was almost like this mythical baseball guy that played baseball. It was almost like he didn't even exist. He was just a a mythical God that nobody who's alive today got to see play Mm -hmm. really. And it's, it's crazy to think that you just, every record, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. And he just seems like this crazy guy. Like it was, it's pretty, you know, wild. And back then, they had their power based off of hot dogs and beer. I'm pretty sure. Ah, uh, weird drugs that weren't tested yet, too. Yeah, that I'm was, sure. Yeah, but it's just, you know, crazy thing. I mean, the only person in our modern age that got to see Babe Ruth was Benny the Jet in his room when he visited yeah. him before he had to go take on yeah, the, that's the true. beast. That of course is a reference to Sandlot.
0: That Babe Ruth was also the Tooth Fairy. Then a lot of people don't know that. That actor plays the Tooth Fairy in... The Santa Claus. What? <laughs> the actor who played Babe Ruth. Babe, oh, okay. Babe Ruth.
1: Babe Ruth played the Tooth Fairy that one yeah. time when the Dodger game got moved to West Hollywood.
0: And he just recently passed away.
1: Yeah, I actually did see that, that he did recently pass away. And I feel like, even though I know he was in a lot of movies, it's like, I'll always know that actor as Babe Ruth. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, he just seemed like he was the perfect Babe Ruth. He just comes in as like a like a TV static figure. Yeah, he looks like him. He did look like him, Yeah. But uh, yeah, good for Pulos. And then the other home run excitement that every TV channel you watch, when he comes up to bat, it changes the channel. And that is for Aaron Judge, who is sitting at 61 still. He was at 60 when we last did the podcast. And then I believe he hit the home run the next day, which would have been Wednesday of uh, last week. And he is now at 61 still. He tied Maris. And he's had 54 at bats since he hit number 60. So. I imagine one home run and 54 at-bats has probably been the lowest he's been at all season. I would just take a guess. But uh anyway, what was uh what was kind of crazy was on Saturday uh Aaron Judge was up to bat in Yankee Stadium at 2:43 p.m. Eastern Time and at that time on the exact same date was when Roger Maris hit number 61. So it would have been kind of crazy if he would have hit 62 at that moment because he was up to bat, and I, I watched a couple of his at bats against Baltimore, and they're not—they were just throwing him changeups and curveballs, and I heard that too. They're not giving him anything, but the Texas Rangers did say that we're going after Judge, like they're—they're not going to sugarcoat anything. They're not going to throw—you know—they're going to go after him with whatever they want, like they'll throw him fastballs and stuff. And I did watch one of Judge's at bats live today because he actually has a. Hold on. I was going to be like, let's not let be assholes here. Let's go check
2: on the and game And you right know now. what?
1: As it has happened, Aaron Judge did hit number 62. Oh, no way. Yeah. As we're recording this, Aaron Judge hit number 62 in the first inning with zero on, zero outs against... Yeah, leadoff home run. lead-off home run against some guy named and, uh, But what I was saying earlier was, Aaron Judge, they did have a doubleheader today. So this morning, <laughs> I did watch the game this morning, and he... They were going after him. He didn't do anything, but it—he has hit number sixty-two, that's so he life. has now broken the angel. I mean, wow, well, well, definitely the angel <laughs> record, but he's broken the Yankee record and along with that the American League record. So, kudos, Aaron Judge.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was like. Wait, they're playing a doubleheader today. He didn't—he didn't get a home run earlier, and it's like he had two more games to do it. So, uh, yeah, there it is. It's big.
1: You know what's funny is he hit number sixty on when we recorded a podcast hit 61 the day after, and then he hit 62 today. Something about our podcast is when he hits these home runs.
0: We're good luck, man.
2: Yeah. And we're, uh, we're heading into the, uh, the final day of baseball here. And we kind of know who's going to be in the playoffs. I think it's all, yeah, it's all uh, clinched at this point, but we just don't know final standings. Um, It's important to note the Braves uh, swept the Mets and took back that division lead. And uh, right now the Mets have to win the rest of their games and the Braves have to lose the, the rest of their games uh, in order for the Mets to actually um, and finish in first in that division because the Braves got the tiebreaker there too. So,
1: And that is a big deal because the way the format is now is the one and two seeds get first round buys. So that is it is a big yeah. deal because now the Mets have to go face either San Diego or the Phillies in the first round. And then they use up those arms early. You don't give time for somebody like Scherzer and DeGrom to rest, who are both guys that have come off the injured list this season. So that actually is a big blow for uh, the Mets. That would have been really important for them to catch that uh, first round bye.
2: Yeah, and then you get the Dodgers the next round, which the Dodgers, fan, it kind of sucks that you'd have to play the Mets, who have been the second-best team all all year. But, um, yeah, you get that that advantage that they're not going to be able to start uh, Scherzer and DeGrom each, twice each, so probably only once. Mm Maybe twice, but, um, and that's if they win. They, they have to then get by, uh, We said the Padres, but yeah, I don't know. Weird, weird uh, new playoff format. So we'll have to get used to it. Um, yeah, nothing changed here in the AL. I think we all knew. Uh, the Mariners did clinch a couple days ago, and it's, uh, they had the longest drought of any team, and now it's uh, Sacramento Kings. Is
1: it? Yep. Yeah. And now uh, we're talking about any team in the four major sports. Yep. The last time the Mariners made the playoffs was 2001 in their record-breaking year when they had 116 wins. So that's uh, crazy. I think somebody – was it you or somebody sent something that the last time they made the playoffs, the Xbox had, like, first come out. That was, like, the original Xbox had just come out.
2: Yeah, because they were there in
1: Seattle. Microsoft had their event probably, yeah.
2: Um. All right, you want to do college football now? Let's do it. Uh, another week, uh, some some good games. Uh, we're getting into conference play, so you get some some nice rivalry matchups and things where just a conference game is harder than um, you think sometimes. So Georgia, number one team in the nation, uh, had to play Missouri, who isn't very good right now, but you know they're an SEC team and they've had good teams before. And uh, Georgia was down by two scores in the fourth quarter, but they did come back all the way back to win. Uh, but because of that struggle, they did get dropped to number two. So Alabama moved back up to number one. Um, I don't know when any of these teams are ever going to lose, but they're, they're flip flopping right now. Um, Ohio State still number three, Michigan still number four. Um, kind of the big matchup this week, I think, between like high ranked teams. We had uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky. So Kentucky was their highest ranking they've been ever, maybe uh, number seven, uh, they take on Ole Miss, who's number I think number thirteen coming into the game. Uh, Kentucky did lose, so
1: yeah, uh, I, uh, they, I actually they, they really fumbled the game away. (laughs) Literally. I I watched that entire game and it was a very good game back and forth. And uh, yeah, Kentucky's quarterback, he, uh, he'd fumbled earlier in the game when they were on a drive, he went for a sneak on a, like either third and short or fourth and short. I can't remember. And he would have had the first down, but he got hit, fumbled the ball. And then when they got the ball back right there, they had a great play. They had this one, their kick return receiver is one of the faster guys I've seen play. And he just, got them all the way down to like the five yard line or whatever it was. And then sure enough, he gets sacked on like a second and goal or something like that and loses the ball and old miss recovered and was just had to take a knee at that point. So it was a tough game for Kentucky to lose, but there was a, it was a good game. It was a, it was definitely two good schools and Kentucky though. I mean, uh, believe it or not, I mean, they were six point underdogs in that game. So, you know, old miss was predicted to beat them. And I think Kentucky only lost by like, Couple points, so they actually covered the spread, so they did better than I guess Vegas thought they would have done in that game, but still a tough way to lose. They should have won that game,
2: yeah. I think already in field goal range, and they're down by two. I believe that's what they up losing by. Uh, Oklahoma also they lost again, so they went from like number six to out of the rankings. Also, their quarterback got hurt. I don't know if he's convinced. oh, it was and it
1: was a nasty hit. That hit led to a fight, actually, and I think that had to do with emotion too, because at the time TCU was up by like three scores. First half, quarterback goes into dive. Guy comes in hot, targeting, call, leads with the helmet, knocks the quarterback out of the game. And TCU went, you know, they led to a fight on the field. But, yeah, Oklahoma just didn't look good from the beginning. TCU controlled that game from the start. They were wearing some nice uniforms. I think that might have helped. And they just dominated them from start to finish.
2: Yeah, and the other thing worth talking about here for our local teams, USC took care of business against ASU, I believe. Uh, they stayed at number six. Uh, but then UCLA had a really fun Friday night game uh, those, at Washington. No, it was here It was here yeah, uh, against Washington.
1: Those late Friday night games are fun to watch.
2: Yeah, so it was um, it was a little exhausting for me. I mean, I'm not a huge UCLA fan, but I definitely root for them when I watch them. Uh, they took a 24-point lead into the fourth quarter, I believe, or maybe late third. And it was around 10 o'clock at that point. I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, Washington came back, got two touchdowns and two two point conversions uh, to cut it to eight with like five minutes left. Uh, but UCLA was able to run out the clock, getting some big first downs. Got the
1: first downs they needed, in. Um, they looked good. I mean, uh, and it's one of those things where, I, and I, you know, I'm going to defend UCLA here. Their first, well, they won. You don't need to defend. No, def- well, you'll their, see their how I'm, play them. You'll see how I'm going to defend them. Their first four games, they played pretty bad teams, and I know a couple of those games were very close, including the one that was the closest was the one Sean was at. And I think it's one of those things where they didn't want to show too much against those teams. Those are cupcake teams. Those aren't teams that they should be losing. Those are teams they can get by with not showing too much, because against Washington, who was ranked, what was Washington ranked 18?
2: Uh, yeah, they were up there. Yeah, yeah
1: they were, they were. Washington was in the top twenty. UCLA wasn't ranked, and UCLA I then brought everything they had, and they they looked really good. I mean, it didn't look like that offense was ever coming off the field when they were on there. I mean, they were moving the ball. Uh, their quarterback looked good. Yeah, we've got uh, some interesting situation with the uh, the
2: COVID season. Is that uh, everyone got an extra year of eligibility? So uh, UCLA's quarterback uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. This is actually his fifth year as a starter. So um, he has a good chance to, to set all the UCLA records. I did look, he's like a couple thousand yards behind Cade McNown and uh, he'll definitely break the touchdown record. I think he was already like only a couple behind, but um, yeah, there's some guys that have been around forever. They're like, hasn't that guy been around forever? Yes. The, the Penn state quarterback, I think they said it was his sixth year. The Houston quarterback's um, been around a while too. Yeah. And then also with the transfers too, like uh, Washington's quarterback, uh, just a total free agent, uh, Penix. He was really good for Indiana when yeah. they were good a couple years back. And it's just like, yeah, extra years
1: coming on down. And I, play. I believe the offensive coordinator or the head coach, I forget which one for Washington, actually was his coach yes. also at Indiana. So, And Penix going into that game led the nation in passing. And, I mean, I think he still threw for well over 300 yards in that game. Yeah, I think so. he still
2: threw 350, so he might still be up there. Yeah,
1: but It was a good game to watch. And, I mean, going back to USC really quick, I watched that whole game. Their quarterback is insane. Caleb Williams? is just, it was a treat. He was almost looked like he was like, it was Pat Mahomes-esque when he was out there. It was just like, he was making random plays where it was like, he was, it's like, oh, that should have been a sack and he somehow throws it and some guy catches it. It was insane. But I will say about USC, that defense needs some work. I mean, ASU was playing with their quarterback who he did play at Florida. He's not a bad quarterback, but he was playing hurt. It was, he was a game time decision. His hamstring was hurting him and he was still passing all over their defense. And ASU, they hurt themselves a couple times. I mean, ASU could have easily been in that game till the very end, but USC pulled away late. They their defense kind of woke up a little bit in the second half, but it's one of those things with now with the bigger playoff format in college that USC comes across a team like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, I mean, they're going to get they're going to get trampled unless they uh can find a way to make that defense a little bit better, but I don't know. But they're fun to watch. I mean, Williams definitely We'll be up there. We'll be at the Heisman ceremony this year. It just depends if he's going to be the one that holds it or not. But it's a fun game to watch. It's, it's good to see UC, USC and UCLA be good again, or I mean, both be good at the same time, because that means when they have that fun rivalry game in a, about a month, it'll be fun to watch. That's usually what, like mid-November-ish or so, end of November?
2: Yeah, it's usually not the last game, but like right before the last game. All right. Well, NFL.
1: Yeah, Time around. to move on to the NFL. Yeah, the NFL is going to have a lot to talk about. This it was a it was a good week in the NFL.
2: Let's just do it as quick as possible. Actually. Oh yeah, we're going to do
1: like the no, Chris Burman. Yeah, say the Chris Three minutes. <laughs>
2: uh I think the first thing to talk about the Thursday game, uh, Bengals Dolphins. The story of this game was not anything that really happened on the field. I guess it did happen on the field, but uh, Tua their their quarterback who's had this great start to the season. Uh, he, it looked like he got concussed the, the previous week. He fell back down on his head and then he stumbled to getting back up. And some people were like, Hey, he's concussed. He, he came out of the game, but they cleared him at halftime and he started the second half. Uh, they won the game and it was just like, all right, that's it. Let's just move on. Uh, but there were some people saying like, Hey, they got to look further into this considering that they're playing the Thursday game. He only has like three days off. Um, but no, he started and he uh, took a big hit and uh, had definitely had some. I don't. Know, I don't even know how to describe it. They have some a word for it, but his uh, like fingers clenched up, and uh, it was clear it something was, was wrong. Yeah, it was.
1: It was scary, and that was absolutely the worst. And I mean, the worst thing that could have happened to Miami because of the controversy of should he have come back in the game? He does come back in the game, and not only does he come back in that game, they have a short week. He plays four days later. That happens, gets slammed to the ground by a very big Cincinnati guy, the Petco or what is his name? Uh, Petco? His name
0: is Petco? It's, it's like not Petco. Peko, I think.
1: Petco, yeah, P-E-K-O, I think. He's a big, big Samoan dude. He's been in the league for a while. He's a good, good defensive lineman. He just slammed him to the ground. You know, he got – and it, you knew right away. And, and everybody knew the history of what had previously happened because it was being talked about. And it led to uh, the doctor being fired – and the other ironic thing was this coach for the Dolphins. He's a good coach, but you could definitely tell he's got like serial killer vibes. He's definitely like a strange guy. But he's like he's young. He's very good so far with what he's been doing. And I guess he had a quote. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was a tweet, but it was somebody had told me it was on Twitter that the coach said Tua was doing fine. He said on the plane ride home, him and him and Tua sat together and watched the movie Gruber and he laughed multiple times it's like well no kidding he laughed it's a funny movie <laughs> doesn't matter if you're concussed or not everybody knows mcgruber is a great classic funny movie but yeah we'll uh, see what happens he's definitely out this weekend i mean that's that's one of those things where that's a career ending type because it really is like concussions are a very serious thing you know the cte all that stuff and i remember when Sidney crosby in the nhl had his bad concussions he missed like almost two years so i mean it's it's a big deal when they when those concussions happen, especially when it's back to back like that, when you probably should have not come back into a game, you took more hits, and then you go and just get your light, you know, knocked out again four days later. So we'll see how long he's out for. Hopefully he comes back soon because I'm you know, he's a he's a fun guy to watch. He's having a good season so far, and he's just all around good guy. I mean, there's no reason to dislike Tua unless you're a Georgia fan. Yeah. When he threw that <laughs> deep pass in overtime.
2: Uh, and they have Teddy Bridgewater who can fill in fine. You know, not not the best, but uh, better than some backup quarterbacks. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a hard hard subject because these players all want to keep playing. Um, and it's just really hard for a coach to say no. I, I know the Chargers had that same problem with, with Herbert. It wasn't a concussion, but it, they took a lot of shit for allowing him to, to keep playing uh, at the end of these games when they probably weren't going to win. And it's like, no, you need to protect your health, but um, yeah, it's just how you're going to say no to these star quarterbacks. Um, but, yeah, next game I have here is the Chargers game, which was just devastating to watch again. Even though they did win, uh, they played Houston, who I think is the worst team in the NFL. They're the only team without a win so far. Uh, so they're 0-3-1. They did get that tie. Uh, but the Chargers were up 27-7 to at halftime. And the only score the Texans had was a 75-yard run on, a, on a, just a missed tackle. The guy runs it all the way which should never happen terrible but watching that game it's like Houston is not even an NFL level team they're, they're really bad um, but then you know next next thing you know the second half starts and it's now 27 to 24 and the Chargers need to make a play to win the game
1: they fumbled was it a kickoff um, they, fumbled? they did a
2: fumble a kickoff after after it was 27 21 they fumbled the kickoff which is like oh here it is it's all it's all over um, but they did get a a touchdown in running the clock mostly out and, and ended up winning by 10. Uh, but just it's just a terrible look that they these second halves, they've been terrible in. Uh, the offense kind of falls apart. They get a little conservative. Uh, they start running Sony Michelle like just dives, and he gets like two yards of carry at best. And it's just really frustrating to watch because you've got Justin Herbert there. And you can't say like, well, they're he's not doing anything. He's still throwing for 300 yards every game. I think this game, 350 yards. Uh, but it's just like they can't – they're not going to beat good teams. And we know they're not going to beat good teams because the only two ge- – good teams they played, they lost to. So the way they're playing, they can't beat good teams. So um if you're not gonna be good teams, you're gonna be eight nine at best, you know. So um yeah, frustrating. I don't know. I don't know what to make. The only good sign is that the um you know the left tackle got hurt the week before out for the season. Uh and their backup tackle was terrible. But they ended up moving a sixth round guard over to left tackle and he actually played uh pretty okay for that. So uh that was a good sign. But um Next game I have on here is uh, is your team. I think maybe a good sign for you, but not a good result.
1: So you know what's really funny about this? And I swear this on my life. So we were watching this game at a local bar just for the more, just for a little bit of the morning games before we were going over to uh, another area. We haven't been in the area. So we dropped in for about an hour, had a minchilada Sunday morning and there was a couple guys, a few guys, like three or four guys at the end of the bar that were Steeler fans and they were cheering and they were, Screaming at the TV and I'm a Steelers fan, but I've been a realist this year. I know this isn't our year. So I haven't been like as like passionate about it as I have been in the past. Cause I'm like, you know, it just is what it is. I mean, this is just a rebuilding year. Whether we like it or not, we have a lot of talent on that team, but it's just how it is. The The league is deep. It's good. And the Steelers aren't good enough to compete with it right now. So I just cheer for my fantasy players. But, uh, I told my buddy that we were with, I said, Hey, They're losing right now at home to the Jets. They've only scored three points. And this was when it was 10 to three at the time. And I told him, I said, this is the type of situation where they go into halftime and they will bring in Pickett in the second half because they're at home losing to a team that's been bad for the last dozen years. Watch, this is when things are going to change. And sure enough, I wish I would have told those guys at the end of the bar because they would have been like, who was that guy with the mustache? Because sure enough, Pickett comes in and he had a couple rushing touchdowns. He did look good, but Steelers still lost the game, but what was funny is that I didn't realize this, but somebody said, you know, every Pickett never threw a ball that hit the ground because he went 10 of 13 with three interceptions. <laughs> so his three incompletions were caught by the other team. But, you know, it's a learning game. It was his first game. He comes in cold. And I, I believe the Steelers have already pretty much announced, even if they haven't, I mean, they, they've basically announced that he will be the starter, at least in the meantime, moving forward. So. He's yeah, a,
2: they, they did announce that he's they changed the depth chart, but that Mitchell Trubisky is still a captain, so he's still going to go out at the beginning of every game. It's like, "Oh, that's all right."
1: And Good uh, for you. <laughs> tri- uh I think it will be tested because they play on the road against Buffalo and I and they are 14 point underdogs, and I've come to and I found out today that this is the first time since the like 1970 whatever mm-hmm. AFL NFL whatever the merger the Steelers are the only team up until this week that has never been that uh, has never been underdogged by this many points. Every other team in the NFL, at least at one point in during this tensure of point spreads and stuff, has been underdogged by 14 points, and the Steelers were the last team to never be underdogged by two touchdowns. So kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, the. Um, I mean, do you remember that game like a few years ago when Peyton Manning was tearing up the league and they played Jacksonville and they were like twenty, like three point favorites and people were just like, oh my God, what? Like you don't see that in NFL. It's rare you see above like 11 points in the NFL, but they're there sometimes. But yeah, so anyway, moving forward, the Detroit Lions score 45 points and that wasn't enough to win the game.
2: No, so uh, right now I think the Lions are, are giving up 35 a game, which is just like insane. Uh, the best offenses score around high 20s or early 30s. Uh, sometimes you don't even see a team with 30 points, so the Lions are giving up 35 a game. Uh, and this time it was to Seattle. Geno Smith putting up 48 on the Lions. So uh, there was a pick six, uh, so that does make a difference, um, but that's still 41 offensive points. Uh, just crazy, and I guess fun. Uh, but it's like every game they have played; has been kind of up and down. And Jared Goff is just out there putting up yards.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because it was like Geno Smith looked good. DK Metcalf had like 150 receiving yards. Rashad Penny had two touchdowns from like over 30 yards that he ran him in. Mean, I think one was like over 50. And I mean, the offense looked good. And I mean, they are two and two, which actually is a a, a tie for first place in that division, I believe. Like, yeah, since Seattle is, yeah. Yeah. So, because uh, that division is, uh I think the division's almost all two and two. I think actually, I think every team is two and two in that division. Yes, it's Cardinals one again. Yeah. So, yeah, they're then tied for first and last. Depends <laughs> yeah. if you're an optimist or a pessimist. And so, but Seattle's defense isn't very good either. Yeah. So no. I mean, yeah, they give up forty five, just isn't, isn't
2: getting it done.
1: Yeah. So. so, anyway, well, speaking of another division that's got some uh three teams over five hundred, is the believe it or not the NFC East. Cooper Rush. Wins another game. He's 3-0 this season, which makes the Cowboys 3-1. He's 4-0 in his career as a starter. And, yeah, Deck Prescott now keeps saying, I'm ready to come back. He wants to come back this week against the Rams, and I don't care what anybody says. I think it's because he's threatened. They did confirm he's not going to. Okay, but he's wanting to is the point, though, and it's because he's threatened. If Cooper Rush goes and beats the Rams in L.A. this Sunday, they're gonna. I think that's when the real chatter will start.
2: It'll, it'll, it'll be nothing but you no know. No, I, no I think
1: Dak will Dak it's still Dak's team I think whenever Dak's healthy he's gonna play but what I'm saying is the murmurs will get louder oh, yeah. about maybe Cooper should stay in I'm that's all I'm saying like I'm just saying if he goes to LA and beats the Rams on the road that'll be impressive and I will say will that stadium be? will it be <laughs> well what I was just gonna say is that stadium will probably be 50 50 in fans too we have a lot yeah. of cowboy fans in Southern California. Probably maybe. more Cowboy fans than Ram fans. Yeah,
2: maybe maybe, maybe more than 50-50. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: but, yeah, keeping with the division, the Eagles did improve to 4-0. Uh, down 14-0 quick to Jacksonville, and it looked like, man, Jacksonville it's really good here. Uh. Then I think the Eagles scored the next 29 points in a row. Uh. So, yeah, they uh, they, they, forced uh, Trevor Lawrence into four lost fumbles, which was the most that's ever happened. No one's ever lost four fumbles in a game before, and uh, Trevor Lawrence did it. And
1: so. I actually was listening to something today that said how – Trevor Lawrence, I guess they've talked about before about how he hasn't played much in bad weather, and I guess they they uh, had gone back and looked at it. And the only other time he played in a bad weather game when it was raining that hard, he also had a bad game. So he must have played
2: like at Syracuse or something like that, right?
1: I think Syracuse is in a dome now.
2: Are they okay? I'm trying to think of a, yeah. what's a at pit.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying they they yeah. said there was only one really bad other weather game, and so that's something just to if you're a gambler, put that in your back pocket if you see that he's going to Tennessee in December and it's a snowy or hard raining game. Maybe take the Titans. Just put that in your back pocket, Trevor Lawrence, or maybe do some prop bets that Trevor Lawrence will have a turnover, throw an interception, put in your back pocket.
2: Maybe, you know, maybe everyone, everyone that played in Florida this week lost every Florida team lost. So, you know, a little hurricane worries, you know, you don't don't know how that worked. (laughs) Um, I don't even have that on, on this list. Oh yeah, I do. Um, Tampa Bay game. Um, yeah, what else? Have I we got the
1: the Ravens and the Bills.
2: Yeah, interesting game. Ravens came out super hot, which is like, yeah, the Ra- the Ravens are good, but
1: they came out twenty to three. I believe they were. Up the
2: Ravens' offense is really good. Their defense isn't. So many injuries. Uh, just not the same personnel anymore. Um, our favorite player, Marcus Peters, had another like blow up. Blow up. You caught that? I did. I he heard. I didn't catch it, but John I heard about it. John Harbaugh, midfielder. <laughs>
1: And I think he's an insane guy. And the reason for that was, well, uh, is because the Ravens had the ball fourth and goal inside the five with a 2020 game with what, what was there under two minutes at that time?
2: I think it was around there. Yeah. It was around.
1: We'll just call it around two minutes and Harbaugh elected to go for it instead of kick the field goal. When he went and in his mind, I, I heard his interview. He said that you know, what was funny is the only thing he got wrong in that interview is he said that, well, you know, if, if we're, if we're kicking that field goal, we're only, they're down by three, like with a four down territory, if we kick or like four down territory every time, if we, if we go up by seven, you know, he didn't mention that it was going to be four down territory, no matter what, like yeah. they were going to have to go for it every time, but he kicked the field goal and he, he, in his mind, he said, like, you know, my worst, my thought was worst case bills have to start off at our, at their own, like, two or one yard line, but he threw an interception. So then the bills got the ball at the 20 and that opens up the field. Cause then they only needed about 40 yards. Cause they do have a good field goal kicker. And, but basically whether he wants to admit or not, what it was, was it was a slap to the defense. It was him saying, I don't trust this defense. I think Josh Allen will easily be able to get into position to get three points. I think maybe even seven, but Well, was he wrong? Because no, he's not wrong.
2: What you said is, oh well, they didn't need much yards to get to field goal range. Uh, They kicked like a like a two yard field goal to win the game. Like they were as close as you could possibly. And I was
1: told too. I think that, or I was from what I heard that they had a chance to score the Bills, and they purposely did go down to not score so they could waste more clock. So yeah, he's not wrong. And I mean, if Marcus Peters obviously wants to get upset because he feels threatened by that, then play better. I mean, your defense, your defense wouldn't have stopped him because at that moment you should have been pissed off that they decided to do that and then stop him. But you know, Josh Allen did what he was going to do regardless, which was march down the field. And you never know if Jackson doesn't throw that interception, maybe the bills, it would have been tough because maybe they would have had to like hand off and maybe it would have gotten yeah, stopped. Maybe a, get couple a times. safety right there. Exactly. I mean, or maybe it goes into overtime, but
2: yeah, I mean, I, I it's always controversial now. I think all the older um, media people, Really want to go after for time you go for it in fourth down because they want to just like insult you, but they just they never they never talk about the times you go for it in fourth down and it works like in the Chargers game they had a fourth fourth and one from their own forty and rather than punt the ball away and give uh, Texans a chance to win the game they went for it they got it they won the game it was just over it wasn't it wasn't dramatic it wasn't at the very last play of the game but it was a very important fourth down conversion so um, it happens all the time you just you don't see all of them. Just these ones are the ones that everyone talks about. Um, the next thing up here, kind of a boring, uninteresting game, but uh, the Patriots had to go with their second string quarterback Brian Hoyer on their game against Gr- at Green Bay, and uh, Hoyer ended up getting hurt, and they had to Patriots had to put in uh, the rookie a guy named Bailey
1: Zappi. Bailey Zappi, and. Uh... I I didn't really get to see how much uh, how good he did. I mean, where I was at had all the games on, but I wasn't focusing on that game because we were at pretty much a raider bar, so it was the raider game was on the big TV. But uh I will say Green Bay, man. That's they got some issues over there. They are definitely probably the worst three in one team. I went from definitely to probably. I should have gone, I mean,
2: yeah. An I think it's they have fixable option. problems. I think uh the Pats yeah, once get a wide receiver. <laughs> once they had um the third string rookie quarterback in, they really just ran the ball. Green Bay's run defense has been bad. Um, the Patriots also did get a a lucky touchdown off of what should have been a delayed game, and then the play went on and they got like a thirty yard touchdown. Uh, the game went to overtime. Green Bay won in overtime, so way closer than uh, it should have been. But uh, yeah, Rogers still really bad pick six. Uh, yeah, I don't know what more. I, I think Green Bay is good enough to turn it around. Like he's in there three and one. It's nice to be struggling and be three and one. It's a good place to be. Uh, but, yeah, we just, you just talked about the Raiders. The Raiders finally did win a game here. So uh, Raiders were – they were 0-3, but they weren't bad. I think they're fine. Um, and they they played a good game this this week. Um, I think all their their best players kind of showed up.
1: Uh, Adams had a lot of yards. And, yeah, Max Crosby got
2: he, he looked good. He
1: had a few good sacks. There. Well, who looked the best on that Raider team was Josh Jacobs. Jacobs was running – I watched that whole game. Like I said, I was at a Raider bar. Josh Jacobs was running with purpose that game. He was running like with like, like a man that wanted to be like, this is where I, you know, you guys are going to want to keep me for the next couple of years, or somebody else is going to want me because, you know, that that team, they played the way I thought they needed to come out and play. And that was we can't go 0 4. The season is over if we go 0 4, especially in that division. And they came out and they they handled business. They're still one and three, so there's still a lot of work to be done. But, you know, and on the flip side, the Denver Broncos, I mean, it's just. It doesn't seem like it's working out with that coach so far. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it just it. Does, I feel like he's just the wrong coach for that system. I mean, you got to let Russ fly, and they're handing off a lot. And with, and maybe things will change because they're starting running back Javante Williams got injured and is out for the season. So I don't know if that's going to make them want to go through the air more because Melvin Gordon, I guess technically is their starter now, who has fumbled the ball four times and lost all four of them, including the fumble that got returned for like a 70 yard fumble return on a. Sunday, so they're gonna have some decisions to be made there, also. Yeah, I think uh, Wilson, he hasn't been bad, but it's just
2: not what they they wanted. Uh, but Broncos' defense has showed up most of the time, but uh, this week, yeah, their I mean, defense they, looks their defense looks good. Yeah. There's definitely nothing nothing against that. Uh, then another AFC West team uh, had a, had a win uh, again. The Chiefs uh, looked pretty pretty great at Sunday football. Uh, really. Scoring forty-one against Tampa Bay, who had been, I think, statistically the best defense possibly. Um, yeah, they just the Chiefs were able to do everything they wanted. No struggle running, running the ball like they usually do. Uh, just spreading it out to different receivers. Um, but I, I don't know what to make of the Chiefs. They're they're great, and they have these games where you're like, how could anyone ever beat them? But the week before, they got beat by a bad team, and they're just they're never they're never as good as they look when they look great. But they're on they're on national TV all the time, and I'd say like two or three times a year they just look like no one would ever beat them in a game. Um, so I think that's one of the games this week. Um, the, the Tampa Bay did make it kind of close. Uh, Brady looked better. He had all his guys back. He put up some yards. Put up some points, but. Um, I don't know. I don't is Brady even thinking about that right now. There were, were some reports this morning. He's pretty yeah, preoccupied. Yeah, that Brady has hired a divorce lawyer. Yeah, they,
1: him and Giselle both hired their own divorce lawyers. So it looks like it's coming to an end. And I was also told that, and I didn't realize this until today, that when he disappeared for that little bit during preseason when he was just randomly gone from like preseason camp or whatever, like that he was actually at the house with his so with his ex wife, I don't know if it was a wife or girlfriend or whatever, but that's who he has, I guess, his like first son with. And he spent, like, a week with her and his son, like, in the Hamptons or somewhere, so it's like, yeah, you know, she probably told him, like, hey, Tom, play football as long as you want, while Giselle's over there, like, get home, you know, don't play football. And also, like, let's not forget that Tom Brady already signed a 10-year deal with Fox to be a, 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 a reporter or newscaster or whatever. For, He's going to take over for Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, for 10 years, $375 million. I know Terry Bradshaw, the the – a new TB12 is taking over for the old mm-hmm. TB12. Yeah, Bradshaw announced this week that he he beat cancer twice in the last year. So and nobody knew that
2: probably, huh? Yeah, jeez Louise. So because he, he he, he kind of like fu- fell the other week, and then he came out I was like I got I have to tell people like yeah, I'm having health issues, but he's good. So um, but he's he's still old, so he won't be doing that job forever. Uh, the last game we have here, the Monday Night Football game last night, the Rams uh, 49ers. I guess the 49ers just kind of own the Rams for the last few years. Uh, the Rams did win that playoff game. They shouldn't have won that playoff game. But the regular season, the 49ers have been winning all these games. And, yeah, the 49ers took it to them again. Uh, Devo Samuel is just one of the best players to watch. Uh, you just give him the ball and he'll make some plays. Like twice a game, he'll make something ridiculous. Uh, and then The 49ers just have they have a good defense. they got pass rushers. They always have secondary players that come out of nowhere and look good. Um, but yeah, it was struggle for the Rams, struggle for Stafford. Uh, they don't have the same weapons, and maybe McBay isn't figuring everything out anymore. I, I don't know. When Stafford's a year older, you year less healthy, it doesn't look very good. Like They're so reliant on Cooper Cup right now.
1: Yeah, I and mean, he's not even throwing it downfield at all either. It's just little... Dump passes and stuff, and that's why they said a lot of times when you do those little dump passes and short passes, it's a matter of time before a corner or linebacker, or somebody jumps it, and that's exactly what happened last night, and that was the defilating pick six that basically put the game away. I believe that's what put them up by 16. I think they were only up by eight at the time, or so put them up by 15, which ultimately ended up being the final outcome. I believe they lost by 15 points. So, yeah, it was uh, not the Rams' best effort last night. Not their worst. Maybe their worst.
2: Yeah, it's hard to tell. Are they are they just going to be like an average team? Uh, or are they going to figure it out? I don't know. I, I was never the biggest Stafford fan. I thought like. Yeah, I'm not either. I, I, I think they complained too much. Like, oh, his team sucked. And it's like, eh, they, they were fine. Um, but then he goes to like the best situation possible and, and wins the Super Bowl. But he's just not an upper echelon guy. So I don't know what they're what they're expecting.
1: Yeah, I don't. I just don't think they are going to be that good. I don't think they are that good, and they have no ground game at all. Akers hasn't looked good since that injury, unfortunately. Daryl Henderson's, you know, not the guy. They don't have, you know, the two-headed monster back there. They're just an average running team, and people aren't going to respect the ground game because they don't need to. And then you've got Stafford, who's showing that he's hurting, and then like all he's throwing, he's only got one guy to throw to, really. I mean, Higby does some things, and then you know you've got a. You know, Alan Robinson's just been a ghost, you know, which is convenient because it's October, but he really hasn't done anything. So I don't know. We will see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, did you want to do what we had done like, a few years prior? No, pick, like, I say three, we do yeah. it next week. Yeah. Okay, step. next week. Uh, that's, <laughs> that way we can prepare you guys. Yeah, next week at the end of our podcast, at the end of talking NFL, Andy and I are going to do what we did a. A couple years ago, before pre-COVID, with our buddy uh, Cooch that was on this podcast with us, where we each gave like three our three best NFL picks for the week with the spread. It's either a spread or an over/under pick, and those are kind of fun to do. And you know, Andy and I both are very knowledgeable. We know our stuff. So did Cooch when he would do this with us. And it's kind of fun to like just kind of give three games out for the weekend. And sometimes we'll have the same game. Sometimes we'll be on the opposite side of the same game, or we'll have completely different games. But it's it's fun just to. See what our record can be. I mean, we do this all the time with our over-unders also for team total wins, which maybe we'll throw out for NBA or something. I don't know. I mean, we always usually do NBA and uh, NHL. and I mean, I'm sorry, not NHL, but NBA, NFL, and MLB. But So, yeah, maybe we can get on to that. I know the season's starting up soon since preseason's begun. But, yeah. So, look forward to those at the end of the podcast. We can win you guys some money or lose you some money. But more than likely, win you some money.
0: Well, you're going to have fun either way doing it. Exactly. All right. Uh, are we still anything else to get to? No,
2: we're, we're done.
0: All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our sports podcast. You've been listening to episode 291 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean and joined with me, we had Tony Katz.
1: Yes. Thank you for listening. Off-road,
0: Andy. Yep. Bye. See you later.